I heard somebody pop on here. Yeah, it's me, Ken. It's Tom. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> well, it is a beautiful Thursday morning. Good morning, sir. Hi, <laughs> hey, hey, we got Wayne on here too now. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Tom. <laughs> Good to hear your voice, bud. <laughs> I know it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. Fancy meeting you guys here. <laughs> Once again. Yeah. Tom, Tom, we're getting pretty old, aren't we? Uh, we? I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are. Yeah. Hey, you know, the advantage is we both have uh, young, beautiful wives. But <laughs> right. young, young is a uh, uh, relative term, though, too. <laughs> Don't you forget that, young Ken Solomon, that we're older than you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> older, wiser. Yeah. That's hey, awesome. Ken, how how yeah. long now? Because I have to. I can't remember. Are you the oldest guy in the league now? No, actually, no. The gorilla. Um, okay. He is. Yeah, he's still rolling. How old is he, Ken? Two years older than me, and I'm having my fifty third birthday oh. <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i'm you know but i'm uh much better looking than he is so (laughs) you've stayed in shape all your life and that's been really critical for you that's been great yeah i've been very fortunate with my with my body and and to his credit he was a uh he was a college gymnast and uh, they actually took uh a, a championship when he was there Uh, national championship so his body has been through some just rigorous beatings (laughs) so yeah yeah. but but you know the amazing thing for me is that you've been i mean there you haven't stopped (laughs) you have been there the whole time i mean how long how many years is it for you i just finished my 29th wow so yeah this (laughs) yeah going into my 30th wow crazy huh yeah, yeah. We, I only got we only got eight, 18 years in. So yeah, but well, we still watch those stunts. I can't believe you're still doing some of that stuff, but it is fun to see. Oh well, yeah, I appreciate it. It's it's uh, it's kind of crazy. It's uh, I, it, it's funny as I as I go around and, and stuff, and people find out who I am. They're always like, "Hey, so are you the guy that's out there, you know, doing all the flips and and all that stuff?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many. When was the last time I was out there doing flips across the floor? But uh, yeah, I get to do some stunts here and there, and and it's a lot of fun. So it's all about it's all about uh, perception, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, people used to think I could dance, and I couldn't dance, but I could dance enough to make you think I could dance. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I used to tell people all the time. I said, "Man, if if you saw Wayne outside of that costume, you would never know that's the guy doing that dancing." <laughs> Right, but right. you know it's all about perception. You know, you did you did the dunking, you did the gymnastics long enough to establish that. Now, that's what you're sort of known for, even though the comedic side is your strong point. I think. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny when people. Um, the other thing I say to people when they meet me is like, "Yeah, hey, sorry, it's just this little old white guy." <laughs> <laughs> sorry to yep. disappoint you. But yeah, I mean, they always think it's, you know, some young college guy and, and most of the time right. they think I'm black and, you know, that's, I, I think that's a compliment. So, 
Yeah. Well, it was. That's the reason yeah. I spent so much time in, in South Atlanta was <laughs> because I was perceived as being a black guy. And I loved it because they, they were those are the best audiences by far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought you're still a young guy, Ken. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, they. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Between the Fur. I'm your host, Ken. And it's Mascot Talk. Between the Fur. All right, now that we've had the intro here, I want to intro who we have here on the podcast today. It is Wayne Jordan, former Atlanta Hawk. We've done a podcast before, and a special other guest. We've got Tom Sapp. Tom Sapp is, uh, is a legend in, uh, in the mascot world uh, as a creator. And he, he has actually created a number of... Uh, of of NBA mascots, college mascots, and on and on and on. He actually a desi- is a designer. He creates these on paper first, and uh, then they are translated into uh, into characters. And uh, I think what he does is is an absolute uh, miracle because not everybody can put something on paper and then see it through to the ending where somebody can actually pull off wearing this costume I, I not everybody can create a character that is workable right and, right exactly you know because um, most of these creators most of these costume companies most you know they they haven't been in a costume they don't <laughs> right, know how, right they don't know and, what goes and you know ken that that's the thing that made tom so unique in my relationship with tom was i'd spend a lot of time with tom we would stay in his studio and we talk about visibility we would talk about mobility we would talk about things that as a character performer i needed and tom was able to translate that i mean take that incredible artwork that he did and make it into a character that we could uh to, could bring to life yes yeah, that's true i mean it's one of those things where i've told people and uh wayne mentioned us discussing it that point of view is critical to creating these characters, even for your character, uh, Ken. And even Wayne came up with the idea of this flexible beak for Harry the Hawk after we designed the character, and it became kind of a signature part of that costume, you know, that we work it out with the performers. And I tell people all the time when I talk to groups, it's kind of a three-part thing. you got to have a great idea. you got to have a great character design and hopefully a backstory like we did for you, Ken. And... Uh, Wayne taught me right off the bat that the performer is absolutely critical. Even if I have a personality for the character, I expect the performer to add to that personality, to build on it. Uh, You hear the term branding and brand tossed around so often these days, but it's absolutely true. The perception of these characters is an extension of whoever's brand uh, it is. I mean, Wayne and I have done Firestone racing tires. We've done pro sports together. We've done educational programs uh, all over the southeast and then it takes a great uh, a great costume you know we work with some right. of the best builders yep. in the country to do these things and if the costume is not usable if it's not look I, I tell people all the time you walk up to a mickey mouse costume it's mickey mouse it's real you don't think that's a right. person in a costume uh, i mean that's why i named my company real characters years ago was I wanted these things to be real from two feet or 200 feet. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Everybody has a part in it if these things are to be a success. 
I think it all works simultaneously. At, and I'll tell you, it, it, but it starts with that character. And I like the vision, you know, the vision in my costume is being on the inside. It's not the greatest. I've, I've put on other costumes where, you know, hey, these guys can see, they can see everything. Right. Okay. But what I've got is the combination of being able to see well, to see well enough, um, but also to, to, to be able to um, have that, that look that, you know, it, it is real. You got to have it. it you yeah, know, you got to have it all. You can't yeah, have just one or the it. other. Right, right. So I, I think what, uh, what I lack in my vision is, is made up in what people yep. see, you know? Right. And, and, and so, um, but I tell you what, I love, love my character. I have from day one. Although, I tell you what, the first time I put it on, uh, I was, <laughs> I was, the one thing that I thought was just unworkable was first of all the tail <laughs> right the tail on my costume i thought i was going to be clearing tables i thought i was going to be you know it, that it was going to get in the way of anything and everything and i wouldn't be able to use it but i'll tell you like the like the beak on harry the hawk this tail of mine has actually really become a, a signature for me oh and yeah it, it's even in oh, my yeah. signature so exactly well yeah. that was a part of the backstory ken if you remember the backstory for your character that whole lightning bolt concept uh, played well into the development of that character. So we had to have it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it has served me well. Well, it's been a part of your routine. I mean, you actually incorporate things with that tail that are, you know, that bring it to life. Yeah. Well, I use it for a guitar sometimes. (laughs) Right. You know? Right. And, and sometimes I'll stand there and uh, you know, somebody's given me some, some, you know, some hassle in the crowd. Heck, I'll, I'll stand there as if I'm watching the game, and I'll turn real quick like, hey, what did I see over there? And I'll just yeah. smack somebody <laughs> in the head with it. You know? I'll smack that person in the head, and everybody will get a big tick around it, yeah. you know, around them. And, and, and then, oh, my gosh, wait. Oh, what's happening over there now? You know, I'll look, and I'll smack yeah. them on the other side of the head. <laughs> well, one of the yep. incidents, Ken, when we started this character um, – Wayne was actually, we were actually working with Wayne at that time with real characters. And uh, he actually flew out there and held auditions and he found you in that audition. And if you remember, we brought you to Atlanta. Yep. And first time we put the costume on you, we had no identification at all on it, just a black suit. And we took you to an arts festival in Atlanta. Ah, We did that for a couple of things. Wayne was with us. We wanted to see one, how you did in the character, what you could bring to it. And then we wanted to see how the public reacted to the character, having no knowledge of who this character was. Would they accept it? Would they embrace it? Would they? And those kind of things are key when we're putting one of these programs together. But uh, I remember the first time you had the head on. So <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. I really it, being sent down there. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea about the costume and putting it on for the first time. Uh, I could see that you guys had put so much thought into it. And that's what I love about – I've loved that from day one. And I, and I want to pass that on to people is that real characters, Tom Sapp really puts a lot of thought, energy, passion into these characters that he does. And it's not just throw together a costume. 
draw something, start sewing. There's a lot of thought that goes into these, and, and it, I've always appreciated that, and I've always been able to utilize it and and work you know work with this costume. So, you know, how did you get started, Tom? Well, it was kind of a. I was an art director, creative director in the ad business, and one of those rare art directors that could draw and illustrate. I had been drawing Woody Woodpecker and Tom and Jerry my whole life. And uh, being a Georgia graduate, we had a pretty good freshman named Herschel Walker on the 1980 Georgia Bulldogs team. And uh, the Georgia-Florida game came on that year, and I had Georgia friends over to my house. And here was this new Gator, which for the time was a really great costume. And it was moving and shaking when they introduced the, the show. And standing next to it, was this dark gray dog named Fluffy that didn't look anything like a bulldog. No attitude. <laughs> nothing. I think that's what they called him. And, uh, For a college mascot, Fluffy is not really the best name, that, I don't think. That's no. Maybe for a hospital, but not a college. <laughs> right. And one of my buddies said, uh, you need to have a dog down there next year that will intimidate that damn gator. And I said, well, I think I'll do it. And I kind of naively did a bunch of sketches and sent them to Coach Dooley. And uh, he called and said, can you have it in three weeks for the Sugar Bowl game, which became the national championship game. And uh, just fortunately, it got on ESPN, and that's kind of how it all started. Wow. Uh, People started calling, saying, will you do that for me? And uh, Wayne and I actually, our first big client was uh, the Goodwill Games, the Ted Turner Games back in the early 90s. Wayne was Unitas the Lions. And um, there's actually a video out there somewhere of Wayne, a day in the life of a mascot that I believe, I forget who did that, uh, Wayne. It was a great video about what a mascot goes through in their day. It was done out in Seattle. And uh, Wayne did a lot of traveling with that character and moving around. And that's kind of how we got started. And Wayne's probably worn, I'm going to conservatively say, 15 to 20 other costumes for me over the years. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, the best one that Tom ever did for that I was a part of and was the uh, Dr. Welby that we uh, that Tom put the whole program together with Wellstar Health System there in Atlanta. Yeah, we talked about... Uh, I remember yeah, Dr. I created, Welby. Yeah, I created Dr. Welby. He just got one antenna. We did that on purpose because of kids being a little bit different and being accepted. So we put a little twist in the character. And he delivers these prescriptions for well-being. And it's all about children's health care. And I think, Wayne, how many thousand appearances did you do in a seven-county area? Oh, my gosh. We, we probably, oh, yeah, we probably did 3,500 appearances oh, over, over 12, 13 years. I mean, we oh were all over that community. We were doing a school program called, you know, I forgot, uh, what was the name of it, Tom? Prescriptions for well-being. Yep. Well-being having two E's in it. Yeah, and of course he was a B, and he was a blue B. And now, a lot of people, Tom, you're you and my age, we remember this, but Doctor Welby was a character on TV, and Absolutely. so so Tom was able to integrate that sort of notoriety into this character. But this was, uh, it was a phenomenal program, and Wellstar bought Tom's whole entire program, right. and and it was just phenomenal. Uh, oh, it's still going today. They're still using it. So. Wow. That's probably been 25 years now, Tom. Oh, yeah. It was early. It was the mid-90s when we created that program. But we got other characters off of that. Wayne and I did Dr. Weiser, 
which was the same kind of character as a wise young owl who helped you make wiser decisions about your health and diet and exercise. Spelled with a Z, W-I-Z-E-R. We did Buckley the Buckle Upper. We did Call Before You Dig Dog. We did the Clean Air Bear, which was B-A-I-R, which was one of my favorite characters. Wayne did that school show, too. I don't know how many appearances we did with that character. We did so, seven or 800, I think, with that character. I got to tell you but, something real quick, though, Tom. This is I don't know if I ever shared this with you. You and I were in the process of trying to sell Buckley the Buckle Upper uh, to the state. Do you remember going down to the governor's office and presenting that? I absolutely remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to tell you, I got to admit something to you, Tom, that I never admitted. Um, we were sitting in the governor's, I guess, conference room, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. And we're sitting around this really nice table. And I would say there's probably, what, six or eight men in there, Tom? I, at least at least that. Yeah. And so, Tom, you came real prepared. I came in there with nothing in my hand, you know. And so <laughs> I look over to you, Tom, and I go, hey, give me a piece of paper and a pen. So you did. You gave me a piece of paper and a pen. I was going to be so, like, smart here, and I'm going to write everybody's name down so I can remember it, right? <laughs> so I take. did I tell you this, Tom? No. Yeah. So I take that piece of paper, and I was real sort of nervous because, I mean, we're in the governor's office, you know, and I'm, I'm a little nervous. This is a little intimidating for me. So I write everybody's name down on that piece of paper. About five minutes after I've been there, I move my piece of paper and realize that I have engraved everybody's name into the conference desk by, by, by pressing so hard on that piece of paper. And now this piece of paper, every, I mean, it's clear, too. I mean, this is a really nice conference table. And I've just written all oh, the entire rest of that meeting, Tom. I was rubbing on that table. trying. I never did. I was the last person to leave the meeting because I didn't want anybody to see it as I was going out. We'll put that in the next Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> so, the go- you know, the governor is in there. Go, well, who are these seven people right here? <laughs> the, the positive thing about this, I didn't have to write my own name down. that is a great story (laughs) sorry tom i never told you that but i hope that didn't embarrass you (laughs) yeah he doesn't remember anything about that meeting but that right there and he probably walked out of there not saying you know thinking to himself what did we just talk about (laughs) hey but i knew everybody's name man that's that's the important thing Uh, Sorry, I didn't get off on that. But yeah, Tom, we did we did a bunch of characters together, and the, the Clean Air Bear was a good one too. Yeah, that was a really good program, and you know we kept it going. I think the uh, Firestone Firehawk Wayne and I did too. You still see him at all the IndyCar races. Right. That's one of my favorite concept characters for a corporate character, and uh, I think we built nine of those. And uh, Wayne introduced that program, and. Uh, I always thought I'd be scared to drive an Indy car till I rode with Wayne and his pickup truck to a meeting in Nashville to introduce <laughs> <him>. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a story in itself. If all you, <laughs> if all you uh, performers <laughs> drive like Wayne does, I, I think I'll just stay in the office. And <laughs> I was young and hungry at the time, Tom. Angry. No, not angry. <laughs> But yeah, maybe angry too. 
<laughs> Young and angry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. You guys did. You guys have such a uh, an influence on that community down there. It sounds like. Right. I mean, just think right. of how many lives you guys have influenced. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, that's true of all of us, Ken. And I think if you think of the number of people that you have, you know, you've been made an impression on. And uh, we've seen the videos over the years, and we hear the stories. So, uh, and we're proud of you. Well, I appreciate it. Tom, what NBA characters have you done? Well, around the NBA, I think um, uh, Blaze at the Portland Trail Blazers. Yep. Uh, got to redesign the Mavericks a few years ago. Of course, the Pistons. Hooper's an older design that we did several, several years ago. Uh, we've done a lot of minor league teams, a lot of uh, women's teams, the uh, San Antonio, uh, a lot of hockey teams. Of course, Slugger for the Kansas City Royals baseball team. But uh, Well, Tom, you did the redesign of Harry the Hawk, too. Oh, yeah. yeah I guess I should say Harry the Hawk. <laughs> yeah, thank, yeah. You. thank you, Tom, for forgetting me. about me there. Listen, that legacy, that legacy goes on and on. I love that character. We even did a secondary character, the Skyhawk, that performed with Wayne for several years. Right. That's so, right. Superhero, yeah. Ah, I miss him. What's your inspiration, Tom? What's, you know, like you know, when, just, when you start creating a character, how, what's that process? Well, the, it's a creative process that I kind of told people I brought over from the ad world. We had to, we worked as creative teams, a writer and a copywriter, and we always tried to have something really conceptual. Uh, one of the things I've told my clients for years when they call is I don't have a tiger sitting on the shelf that I stick your shirt on and put a logo in it. And that's your character. I think the inspiration comes from the clients. You listen, uh, which is one of the key things you try to learn as much as you can about the history and the personality of the company. Wayne mentioned Wellstar uh, and what kind of company that was. And we wanted to build that into the character, that trust, that friendliness, all of those things that they have. So we try to learn key aspects of the client that I can design into the character whether it's a color, a slogan, you know, a particular thing that uh, that they like to have. We call it having equity in something from the past, even if it's redesigning an old character. And I think the ones that uh, I was asked recently, what what jobs do I like the best? And I remember saying, <laughs> I think it's the ones that scare me the most. And they said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, just you know, an example would be the College Football Hall of Fame a couple of years ago called and said, we want you to create a character for the hall, but it can't be anything. It can't be any animal because we represent every single team. You've got to come up with something that people have never seen that represents every single college football team in the country. And I walked away going, Oh yeah, sure. I can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I got this one. And I walked away thinking, what in the heck am I going to do? I have no <laughs> right. idea. But you sit down yeah. and start working. And, and when you do solve it, when you break through, and you come up with something you know that fits that input, that fits that particular client. It's a tremendous rewarding feeling that you get. And we created Fumbles, which is the big furry character, not unlike the Philly fanatic in the, the fantasy area. And, uh, and I came up with this idea to have these goalposts for ears, you know, on this character. And we came up with little personality things like your character, Ken, where you said if anybody throws you a football, you drop it. You don't handle it. Your name is Fumbles. You can't catch it. You know, so he's been a huge success down there. And uh, 
And it's fun to see things like that. You know, it's, uh, even if you're taking somebody's existing character and just making it a little bit better, it's really rewarding when it gets out there and you see it working for the clients. You know, you see it working for their audience. Uh, I mean, it was certain. I used to go to all of, a lot of Wayne's appearance, and it's that's the most rewarding thing to me is watching kids' response, particularly kids, but a lot of adults too, but particularly kids responding to these characters. And to me, that's the greatest reward is making these kids happy. You know, that's the thing that amazes me about Tom. And, you know, I mean, who, who comes up with an idea like Fumbles? That's an awesome idea to be able to, to bring a, a character that's, you know, not an animal to life like that. But the thing that also was so unique, I think, Tom, was that you were able to put it on paper and people could visualize, you could visualize it and then other people could see it. I'm a very visual person. I need to see it on paper. I mean, I can hear it, but, you know, and then see it. That's what you were able to do was take to design the concept and then actually put it on paper where people could see it. That's the reason so many people yeah. bought the idea. And well, I, I love the goalpost idea. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean to, when you said that, I'm like, well, obviously. Of I course. Mean, is, yeah. Yeah, of course. That, that, told, that makes complete sense, but right. – Holy cow. How, how would you even think of that in the first place, though? Well, <laughs> it's, right. like I said, it, early on, it's fear. <laughs> <laughs> it's fear. Facing your fear. Man, that's, and that's such a great lesson. That's been a lesson in my life lately. So it's funny that you bring that up, you know, right. just facing fears, facing changes, facing challenges. And yeah, like I said, when you solve it, it's a great feeling. So ah, That's um, amazing. See, now, I'm a visual person, too, but I could look at the – I could look at it as uh, what could I do with that? You know, I, I look at it as, how, you know, how do I translate that into movements? What movements right. am I going to have? You know, how am I going, you know, how am I going to work that character? I can see that, but I could never sit down and just draw it out. No, me either. Well, like I've said before, that's my expectations of everybody that touches anything that I do. I, I hire people or bring people in for their talent, and I expect people to add to it. Wayne and you and all the performers I've worked with have always added to the concept that I developed, the costume builders. I can have an idea of how it's supposed to look and work, but I work directly with the builders, you know, and you got to get that right. you got to get the look right. And, and I've been really, really fortunate to work with a lot of talented people over the years. Oh, yeah. It makes me look good. Yeah. <laughs> and Joel and I, Joel Levier, that owns International Mascot, and I got to be friends. And about seven or eight years ago, we came up with a plan where I now work as his creative director at International Mascot. I still have my real characters clients, but uh, I've been working with Joel, and we've got, good Lord, we've got over 200 characters and costumes all over the country now. So, Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Are you still, uh, Tom, are you still yeah, based still in Yeah, I still got a home studio. I still do my real characters work out of the house and still do a lot of logo design work and illustration work. Then I manage the uh, Tucker office of International Mascot here in the States. Uh, we do, of course, we do all the Chick-fil-A cows and Sonic costumes and Tony the Tigers. We build all those costumes for uh, for clients. And we did fumbles here, too. So. You have Chick-fil-A. Oh my gosh! I'm always with those cows. 
Yeah, we built about 5,200 cows so far, Ken. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know. The time you were, you were uh, the Chick-fil-A logo itself is yours, isn't it? Actually, the lettering, uh, the current lettering I did, it was funny because they had this little kind of Spencerian script logo that had that basic shape. But you couldn't read it across the parking lot at that time. You could, <laughs> I couldn't read it on signage, so I asked Mr. Kathy if I could redesign that script. And uh, Ken, you'll appreciate this. This was pre-computer. <laughs> so I had to pencil this thing out about three feet long and have a retoucher ink it, just <laughs> which we'll do in about 10 minutes on a, on a computer these days. But, uh, yeah, that was the original script lettering, and they're still using it. So. Which Look is amazing. That. You yeah. see a Chick-fil-A, you see Tom Sapp's work. <laughs> yeah, you see Tom Sapp's work everywhere. Holy cow. I mean, from Firestone. I mean, Firestone, that's huge. Uh, Chick-fil-A. I didn't know that about Chick-fil-A. You know, I, I think you guys are brilliant. I really do. I think you guys are both, you know, uh, first of all, um, your creativity is just through the roof. Can you, can you did some actual fabrication yourself uh, you? i've done a little done a little but i mean you built didn't you build some air cannons at i one did time? yep <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm in the uh um i was actually in the new york times i've got this little um saying you know uh, it's a picture you know who built this or um who made this that's what it was who made this and so uh uh yeah i was i was producing air cannons at the time to shoot t-shirts and things like that into the crowd. So I was one of the first builders of those. Um, I saw a big old, uh, gosh, it was, it was like something right out of world war two that somebody was using. And I thought, Oh, I can, I can, I can modify that. I can make that better. (laughs) One of my favorite Ken stories was in your early days when I learned what kind of performer you were going to be Ken. was, uh, I called you on the phone and, you started describing going off of a ski jump in costume. Oh, and, that's right. And you said, you said you went off the costume. I think you said something to the effect of you didn't realize how high and how fast you would be going. And I was, I was panicking. I'm going, you did what? And you said, yeah. So the second time I went back up, I didn't go as high on the ski list. I mean, on the, on the slope. And I went, what do you mean you went back? So I knew then what kind of personality you had and what you were going to do oh. this character. <laughs> Ken, Ken, have you skydived in costume? Yes, I have. Oh, yep. man. Oh, my gosh. Bungee jumped. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yep. I, I actually, uh, and it, it, it most, I'm telling you, a lot of mascots have done, have skydived. Okay. But uh, just so everybody knows. Okay, when I did it, I actually did it myself and not tandem. Wow. So, oh, yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, I was skydiving at the time just, um, you know, just for a hobby. And uh, the company that uh, uh, I was, I was uh, jumping with and everything, they uh, were having a swooping contest coming up. It's called swooping. And uh, it's, a con- it's, it's something that skydivers do, advanced skydivers do. Uh, and they can compete doing this. And, uh, I've actually, one of the guys that taught me how to skydive was in the swooping competition. And, uh, later on I found out that, uh, he passed away swooping. So it's a, uh, a very, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, good friend of mine, Brady. Uh, but he, uh, anyways, so they asked me to skydive and uh, for this competition, but as an entertainment, as a as a um, celebrity jumper. They were having other celebrities come up and do tandem jumps and things like that in between the actual competition. So uh, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Um, and when I when I was practicing, I was going out of a bigger plane. So. <laughs> so what I would do is I would strap the head to the chest strap on okay. uh, on the you know on my chest strap. Anyways, I then I would jump out sideways. It's called a hop and pop. Okay, so you actually jump out facing the front of the plane. So you go out sideways and you immediately pull your ripcord. Okay, and so on the but on the day that it was oh and by the way anyways as I would fall. Or right away, once I got under canopy, uh, I would put the head back on, okay, then float down. Because you have to check the canopy to make sure that it's, you know, you got to look, look around and make sure that nothing's tangled or whatever. So, uh, so you had to wait to put the head on. Anyways, so when it came to the day of the competition, I went up uh, in a smaller plane. They had me go up in a smaller plane with a smaller door. So I had to kind of crouch down and tr- see if I could fit through this door. Well, with the head strapped to my chest, <laughs> the, uh, my container, the parachute, uh, strapped to my back, I was too wide for the door. And I didn't really know this until I was in the, <laughs> the position of getting out. The oh green gosh. light was going. Wow. I was only at 4,000 feet. And so that's a really shallow jump. So as I'm standing there, the, the green light goes, I'm ready to, to, to go out. I'm like, I don't, I don't, how am I going to jump out? Anyways, I'm like, ah, just go for it. So I, I just like lunged to, to the side. <laughs> well, my container hit the back of the door, hit the, you know, the, the, the one side of the door, and it spun me out the door. <laughs> oh, so my visualizing gosh. This. Yes. So, so I actually oh. spun out the door. Facing away from the plane now, but I was in the habit of pulling the ripcord right then, you know, and um, so I pulled. Well, I'm pulling right into the prop blast. Okay, so the wind is, you know, they had slowed the plane down, but I still have the prop blast. It's really windy right there. So I actually pitch right into the prop blast. Okay, so the wind, you know, just blows it right back at me and I. And it doesn't deploy. Okay. So all of a sudden, oh. I am falling. I, I'm like a bowling ball. And I'm fall. Yeah, I'm oh. falling, holding the head that is strapped to my chest. I'm holding that with one hand so it's not flopping all over the place. And all of a sudden, I'm looking up. I'm falling with my, you know, I'm facing up. All I see is the plane going away. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. What am I going to do now? Uh, so all the safety things, all the things that I've been trained to do are flashing through my mind, obviously, very quickly. And I'm thinking, okay, do, do I, do I, uh, what do I do? Do I, do I cut away and pull my reserve or do I just pull my reserve or, you know, because I'm thinking, gosh, if I pull my, you know, anyways, all these things are, you know, all these different scenarios are flashing through my mind. Oh. And all of a right. sudden, I, I, everything became very calm and very quiet. 
it was weird. It was one of those just moments of just clarity. And all of a sudden came to my mind, find your pilot chute. Okay. Cause that's what you pull. You, right. you, you pull a little pilot chute. It grabs some air and then it opens up your container and, and, um, the parachute opens anyways. So I don't know this, this, not, not a, this came to my mind, find your pilot chute. And so by this point, the plane is very far away and the ground is coming fast. And so I, I just look around. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. I see my pilot chute. So I unwrapped, I had to unwrap this strap from me and one, it, it, it had come out. The strap is pretty long. It had come out and wrapped all around me and it was flapping and everything. I pulled it out from underneath my arm, unwrapped it from my neck. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, I think I'm unwrapped. And I just toss it out to the side of me. It sure enough, it grabs some air. I flip over immediately. Boop, 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 boop. And all of a sudden I am under canopy and I <laughs> am screaming. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> I'm alive. And uh, so I was very, very happy at that point. I put the head on. I float down in front of the crowd that's, you know, they're, they're all in the in the stanchions there and, and everything. And um, I float over. I'm waving to everybody and I uh, go past. And at that point, I flare, which is throwing on the brakes. I flare too high. My adrenaline and everything. <laughs> I was so happy to be down and alive that I threw on the brakes too soon. I stopped about, uh, you're supposed to do that at 10 feet. I did it at 20. So I'm about 10 feet in the air at that point, And I just, just fall to right. the ground, just smack the ground hard. I ended up knocking the wind out of me and breaking my hand. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh. But <laughs> I jumped up and waved with my other hand. So excited to be alive and on the ground, and uh, everybody was cheering for me. Uh, I figured that uh, my hand wasn't uh, a big deal after that. So, well, you oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> I, I can just say this this is the reason I will never ever skydive right here. And you wonder why Wayne and I have a hard, fast rule about any of our performers going out of an airplane. <laughs> but I, I gotta tell a quick one on Wayne, too. He comes by the studio one day and he holds his hands out and there are rope burns down to the bone through both palms of his hands. And I'm going, what in the heck happened to you? He said, well, I was rappelling out of the the roof of the Omni and the guy that did the rigging set the brake backwards. So he's falling. (laughs) No And you'll have to tell the story, Wayne. He grabs it with these gloves and you can tell the rest of it, Wayne. It was, you know, um, it just, I was young into it. I bet I wasn't, that might even been my first or second year. And these guys, uh, my boss, uh, Frank Timmer at the time said, I've got these two military guys that are going to help you. Well, these guys, yeah, they were military guys, but they've been doing it like three months. And I, you know, I was, I didn't have a clue. So the first time I ever tried, I'm at 125 feet up in the, on the Omni ceiling. I come down and normally you would break behind your back if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. But they had it to break. For some reason, it's like some the way they do it coming out of a helicopter or something, and they break up to the top. So they're telling me to break up top. 
Well, that didn't stop me. And I came down screaming down from about 115 feet and uh, just right into a chair. Yeah, that that scared the heck out of me. Uh, I, I got somebody else to teach me the second time. <laughs> yeah, it burned through his gloves. And then he said, yeah, the second time. And I thought, you performers are crazy. What do you, Ken, second time, you the second time. Didn't you learn the first time? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all for the show. The show must go on. You're all right for the show. That. All for the show. Yeah. I got sympathy, though. I mean, there was, you know, a lot of people saw it, and, but I, I felt like a total idiot. <laughs> uh, you know what, though, is, is, is I've always, uh, it's funny because these characters, these costumes, I think when people, most people, when they create these characters, other than Tom here, um, they, they, don't, they don't take into account that these guys, real performers, are going to push the limits of these costumes, you know? <laughs> I, I've, I've done backflips off of, uh, you know, 16 foot ladders, uh, yep. you know, and, and dunked it um, and, Insane. you know, <laughs> snowboarded down the steps. Of, and, you know, it just I mean, these are the kind of things we you have to have vision for, first of all. And then, uh, you know, you have to you're going to bang them up. And yeah, luckily, I've never had a costume come apart, although. Although, I did have one come apart one time, uh, I, so I'm taking this back. But one time I was in London, and uh, I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was dunking, and at this convention or whatever in London, I go off the trampoline, do a front flip, dunk like I, you know, I do, and uh, but this time I put my tail in the in the hoop first so my tail went in first and it <laughs> it uh broke it and ripped the material or whatever anyways so luckily it, it, it came down with me but i stood up and my my tail was just hanging on by a thread and uh <laughs> i just kind of uh, ended the show right there and backed my way so waving as I went, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Missed my dunk, but I won't tell the whole story on Ken, but one of my favorite episodes was Ken was standing on the rim one night as he told me and forgot where he was. He stepped off and hit the floor. Oh, and actually oh. broke his back. And he told me that uh, he knew he was hurt, but he just made it part of his act. And he walked off the uh, floor. And I don't know how long you were in the hospital, Ken. Okay, well, actually, okay, actually, he wouldn't let he wouldn't let anybody interview him. And my favorite part of the story was when he was released from the hospital, he came out in a wheelchair in costume. Yep, yep. Oh my yep. gosh, you're yep. kidding! Out of the hospital. Well, there was cameras and and all that there. Uh -huh. I mean, they they were trying to they were making it a big deal. I even had a a, a guy there uh, dressed as a uh, uh, lion tamer or something like a like somebody from the zoo, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but so so just to to clarify on that, wow. I think you're combining two injuries. So oh, okay. yeah, so I did break my back at one point. Uh, that was doing a, a dunk, but the the time I was standing on the rim, uh, I was just so excited, and I thought, you know what, <laughs> I, I could just jump from here. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I 
I actually, I'm standing on the rim, and I actually jump up in the air, like, woohoo, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, 10 feet became 12 feet, and uh, yeah, I came down and actually shattered both heels. Oh, geez. oh, yeah, yeah. I bet you didn't do that one a second time. <laughs> that was a one time deal. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Never did that again. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I learned on that one. So, especially, especially at 53 years old now, Kim, that's not something you want me to do. Uh, no, no. At, at this age, it's modify, modify, modify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, hey, this has been real fun. I, I really appreciate you guys. You guys were there at the beginning. It's weird. Look, you guys, you know, I mean, how many, how many, how many mascots have you guys birthed? You know, this is just amazing oh, to me. So, it, and, and, and I wouldn't even get that. Yeah, you know, and Tom, honestly, you, you must get real gratification from seeing these characters come to life and grow. It's got to be like a child to you sometimes and uh, i do ken and i'll tell you may, uh the friends i have made fooling with these characters like you and wayne the whole performing community everybody that builds costume my clients i mean i've got lifetime friendships out of these things and they are fun that's the key part of it yeah i'm sure you know what like i've said millions of times hey this isn't brain surgery this is supposed to be fun <laughs> you yeah, know absolutely. And I, I tell new guys coming in, hey, remember, most important thing, all these instructions I've given you don't mean anything unless you have fun. That's right. Yeah. That's my motto. Well, thank you for having, having us on, hey. uh, Ken. Yeah. Thank you guys for taking the time. I appreciate sure. it. You guys are awesome. Hey, if, it, honestly, reach out to Tom. Tom, how, how, what's the easiest, best way to get a hold of you if anybody's listening that wants to talk to you? Uh, just uh, actually either email or um, you can reach me through my website, which is tom-realcharacters.com. They can reach me through the website or uh, tom at tomsapdesign.com. Awesome. And Wayne, I'll do a lunch. You need to come by. Hey, I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> awesome. You guys are great, man. I wish I was closer. I wish we could all go to lunch. I will do that one I'd, day. I'd invite myself, but <laughs> uh, you guys are great. Well, hey. Have a great day. I appreciate uh, you guys, and uh, let's keep in touch. We'll do it, man. Thanks. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you.